Welcome to another edition of First Word from First Church. This is Pastor Dave Buchanan at the First Church in Sutton. Please enjoy the message and may God bless you richly through it. Our gospel today is from Matthew, chapter 14, verses 22 through 33. Immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone, but the boat by this time was a long way from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, it is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And he said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, O oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. And those in the boat worshiped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Praise be to you, O Christ, for your holy word. Thank you, Barbara. A couple of notes on the wording of the passage to make sense in modern English. When it says that Jesus made the disciples get in the boat, the Greek is that he all but ordered them. He didn't give them a whole lot of choice. It wasn't a case of, uh, I want a little quiet time, would you please? It was like, get in the boat now. Why would he do that? Besides needing a little peace and quiet, a little stroll by himself, the crowds, all the healing and preaching he had done. The previous verses say that the crowds were ready to force him to be king. They were, they were going to put him on a throne, put a crown on him, whether he wanted to or not. And the disciples were sounding a little tempted by this. So he's basically saying, get in the boat before we get in trouble. That's not the call right now. Don't let them do it. So you get in the boat. I'll go hide in the dark. All will be well. Now, Ken asked about what, what number of bells is seven in the evening. And do you know, Scott? You haven't, you haven't lived by the bells for a while. Nope, okay. I don't remember either. But the fourth watch of the night means three in the morning because the watches are divided in three-hour shifts overnight. And three to six and six and nine are the last two watches of the night or 12 to three and three to six, I don't know. Three in the morning anyway. Third watch, he comes to him walking on the sea. Now, sailing through a storm isn't much fun. Scott, you probably experienced that more than once, I imagine. Very unsure when the very earth under your, or the deck under your feet won't hold still. You're not sure which way it's going next. Well, Kathy and I had that experience about 20 years ago. We saved up hard and went on a, a simple cruise for our 25th wedding anniversary. 
It wasn't one of those grand all over the Caribbean. It was just from Boston to Bermuda and back, but that was nice. Except the second day out, we sailed through the middle of a tropical storm on a cruise ship. And it wasn't a huge cruise ship. Well, fortunately, if I drink a lot of ginger ale, wear those little bands on my wrist, I don't really get seasick. But it's still unsteadying. And I, I learned to stay at the waterline midships, where, the, where it's the least. We tried going up into this little lounge on the front of the ship up high. No, uh, that, we went back to midships and looked out the big windows at the waves. Well, people like the disciples aren't too smart in a boat in a storm. So we're out here on this, this ship, and at one point a rogue wave hit the stern, and we were back in the stern in the dining room. I caught my dessert about here as it went off the table. Our server disappeared, we got a new one. What happened to the young lady? She was very nice. She's back in her cabin. She's not doing well. Okay. Now, I'm not making this up. I heard it when I was at the, the purser's desk. That's like the concierge in a cruise ship. Somebody actually asked the purser to pass on to the captain to pull over to a smooth spot and stay there till the storm passed by. <laughs> I can't make it up. Another one wanted to be sure we had electricity, so she asked if the ship generated its own electricity. The answer is no, we have an extension cord back to Boston. Where do they come from? And the, the best one, or the most dangerous one, was a guy who was loudly insisted that if the skipper would speed up the ship, we'd get through the storm faster. What a ride that would have been. And I thanked him for the input kindly, and. Aren't you going to tell the captain? Yes, in due time. Maybe after the storm when we get to St. George's, we'll tell him for a laugh. Well, that's the funny side of it. The unfunny side of it, of course, but a lot of people were upset of digestive processes to grave consequences. Worse still, the people that didn't know enough to stay midships or, or stay in their cabin and not try to wander about, and as soon as we hit St. George's, we had a double medevac for things like a broken leg and a broken hip. Didn't know enough to stay in the boat and sit down. Now they couldn't get out of the boat, but they wouldn't sit still. So, ship in a storm, and these disciples were not in a cruise ship. They were in a little open sailboat, and one of the, the risks of these fishermen sailors, if they knew how to swim, it was an indication of being a bad sailor. A really good sailor doesn't know how to swim. Doesn't have to. I know, Scott, you're a great swimmer, but that's... <laughs> they don't need to swim. Like, like my son, swimming means you know you're in trouble with the boat. So they're kind of rocking and rolling in a storm. It's dark, it's at night, the wind is blowing, the waves are blowing, the water's blowing. And these are shore sailors, they're fishermen. Little boats, they don't go out way out in the deep often. Well, here they are in a storm too far from shore to wade home. Imagine seeing a figure, and of course we picture it dressed in white because it's Jesus, we don't know. Coming out of the, the darkness, they think, uh-oh, this is a ghost, we're in real trouble now. We're in a storm, it's a ghost, and they cry aloud, they're, they're all worried about it. Jesus 
says, calm down, it's just me. Well, Peter pulls a kind of a, it's kind of more fitting for doubting Thomas than it is Peter, except that Peter jumps into things. Peter wants to do what Jesus does. Peter's the one who says, I'll never deny you, and then falls in and denies him three times. Peter's the one who says, Lord, you don't have to go through all this. And Jesus has had to look at Peter and say, Satan, get behind me and stop pushing. Poor Peter. When he's in trouble, Jesus calls him Simon, his old name. Peter means the rock. When he's behaving, he gets called Peter. That's not a pure pattern in the Gospels, but a lot. So Peter says, Lord, if it's call me to you, let me walk to you. Jesus just says, Come. Peter jumped out of the boat and actually started successfully. He's walking on the water with Jesus, but his eyes were on Jesus. Then he starts to notice the storm again. Starts to notice the wind. And I picture his biggest mistake. I know I got acrophobia. I got fear of heights. So if I'm on a, a walkway or a catwalk or something, the last thing I want to do is look down because then I'm going to white-knuckle the railing and someone will lead me off of the catwalk if it's really bad. I've gotten a little better. But I don't like... I can climb as high as I want to if one foot's on the... So Peter looked down. Down he goes. Kind of like me learning to swim when I was in a about 12-foot deep, nice, clear swimming pool. If I didn't look down at the drain below me, I could swim just fine. If I looked at how deep the water was, started to think about it when I was a little squirt, it bothered me. I got over that. I love to swim now, but it took some doing because I looked down. So Peter, impetuous Peter, Lord, save me. Now, I hope you noticed what Eric played during the offertory. Was that planned ahead of time or did you strike that up because I mentioned it? Thank you. Told you, you got to listen to what he plays. He played Jesus, Savior, Pilate, me. Well, this time instead of Pilate, Jesus is the lifeguard. They say, reach, throw, row, go. Well, he reached. Pulled Peter out of the water, got him in the boat, and called him one of the funniest Greek words in the New Testament. He says, holigopistos. Oh, Not a weird one. It means ye of little faith, little faith person. Peter had enough faith to ask Jesus to calm. Peter had enough faith to step out of the boat. But once out of the boat, once out of the safety of the fellowship of disciples, once out of the, the boat that really God had provided and thinking about it too hard, the storm overwhelmed him and he sank. And Jesus had to save him. Now, I don't know how you feel about the world outside these walls. I think there's a lot of storm out there of many kinds. The tip of the iceberg is that in the last couple of years, worse than ever, a stop sign seems like a suggestion and a red light is only a hint. A yield sign means if I can get there before you do, I got the right of way. That's just the driving tip of the iceberg. The unpolitic speech of people one to another. The peaceful exchange of ideas, respectful speech, that speech that's like the, I just heard this morning of banks in England and there aren't as many banks there as there are here. 
who will actually unaccount somebody, debank somebody, if they have the wrong beliefs and, and political statements. Close, even wealthy people will close their accounts and throw them out of the bank, and it's hard to get another one once you've been debanked because of speech. It's stormy in the world out there. We need to keep our eye on the one who comes to us through the storm, comes to us calmly and safely. You heard me mention to Emma and Evan, we got a boat, we got a ship, we've got a crew of fellow disciples. And if we keep our eyes on Jesus, like we sang a little earlier, and not look at the storm, not let the wind, the waves, the rain distract us from the fact that we have Jesus as our pilot, Jesus as our savior. Now, I don't mean to get in the boat and huddle down and hope the storm goes away necessarily. Jesus didn't say, pull the sails down and stop. But to have the confidence in our Lord, to have the confidence in his gospel and his word, in his saving reach when we feel like we're going to go under the waves, to have that confidence and peace in Jesus Christ, to seek to sail according to his chart, his compass, his piloting in the ship that is the church that is his ship, his crew, on his course. So thanks be to God for the one who comes wandering out of the darkness, wandering out of the storm, to say, peace, be calm, I'm with you. Thanks be to God, amen. Thank you for having joined us for First Word from First Church. We pray that God has blessed you in some way, in his way, through the message that we have just shared with you. Please join us again. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance over you and give you peace. Amen and amen.